0: Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you. It inspires you. It challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. So we've been saying uh, in this series that most of my battles in my life are won and lost. Where? In my mind. In my mind. Most of the battles in my marriage are won and lost in my mind. Most of the battles, except for the one where you ask your wife. Uh, What she wants for lunch, Uh, that's not one and lost in your mind. Your peace is one and lost in your mind there. But anyway, most of life's battles are really in in my thinking. If I change my thinking, I can change my life. Week two, we said that your soul, your mind, your life has a negative bias. Uh, It has the ability to hold on to negativity. And it has the propensity of letting go of all the positive things. You get five compliments today, you forget all of them. You get one person that tells you, what would you do to your hair? That's the one you remember, right? That's the thing that you keep uh, in your mind. Uh, your mind has a negative bias. And it needs to be, we said your soul needs to be three things. It needs to be read, it needs to be led, and it needs to be fed. And I uh, hope that you're doing that. And then last week, uh, I brought you a message on bitterness. One of the hardest messages I think I have brought uh, in some time just for me. Personally, because honestly, when you do a little introspect in in your own life, you realize that there's probably some bitterness stuck somewhere in your soul, and there's probably some relationships that are suffering. There's probably some unforgiveness in your own heart. I hope that you uh, uh, have been looking through your own life and thinking, man, where's bitterness at? I don't want poisonous in my life. And today, I want to wrap up this series. I always like to tell you where we're going uh, before I get to this message. And next week, I kick off a brand new series with you called The Blessed Life, everybody. And I want you to live in the blessings of God. How many of you believe God is a good God who wants to give you good things? I believe that in all of my life. And if you had a view of God where you think, man, he's mean, old man with a long white beard ready to squash me every time I mess up, you know, maybe that's how you were raised. Man, this series is for you. We're going to talk about how God blesses every area of my life especially when I put him first in every area of my life. So excited about that. And then we are just over a month away from our biggest and best series of the year, At The Movies, everybody, is on the way in the month of November. I think this may be our best At The Movies we've ever done. And uh, I am so excited about it. We do popcorn and Cokes and um, and candy. And we have, an, it's just amazing. There's costumes, there's people everywhere. Kids have their own At The Movies. Our team is preparing Honestly, what I think is one of the best series that we've ever done. And uh, I'd encourage you, this is the right time. We'll have some stuff for you in the next couple of weeks where you can bring friends and uh, invitations and way to share that. And just fill the place up for at the movies. But let me get to this final message in this series uh, first. I want to talk today about handling conflict with others. And specifically, I, I want to help you today to learn how to make peace. Everybody say, make peace. I want you to learn how to make peace. If you have your Bibles, Romans, the 12th chapter, uh, Romans 12. The book of Romans uh, is really uh, the Magna Carta of Christianity and uh, gives you so much about our salvation and what it means to be a Christian and to follow Jesus. And it also talks a lot about uh, daily living, how to live your life as a spirit-filled believer, how to follow Jesus every day of your life. And Romans 12 says this Romans 12 and 18 says, if it is possible, if it is possible, underline this next sentence in your Bible, as far as it depends on who? As far as it depends on who? You. Not them. Not her. Not when he repents. Not when she gets right. Not when they finally apologize. Not when when they call me first, then I'm I'm, well. I won't pick up the phone first because I'm gonna let it ring a few times, and then if they call back, probably not the second time. But if they call three times, I'll pick up. Maybe, no. The Bible said, if at all possible, as far as it depends on who, on me, live at peace with everyone. Last week we said the almost exactly the same thing that you're to live at peace with, follow peace with all men, to live at peace with everybody. Verse 19, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. I wish I had time to teach you what it's like to leave room for God. Here, there's some things in my life I take over all the room and God doesn't have room to move in my life. I, I, I suck out all the oxygen in the room. I take all of my anger out. I say everything I want to say. And then there's no room for God to move. And the Bible says if you'll make room, leave room for God. Because it's written, this is God speaking, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. Verse 20. On the contrary. In other words, here's another way to live. If your enemy's hungry, let him die. No. you're If your enemy plays for A&M, feed him. (laughs) If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. And in doing this, interesting passage in the Bible I'll teach in just a moment. In doing this, you actually heap burning coals on his head. Now, some of you are thinking, I'd like to set a brother on fire. I'm down for that. I don't know what it means, but I'm down for (laughs) setting somebody on fire. Not what that means. Verse 21. Do not... Be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. I want to talk to you today about learning how to make peace. How to make peace in your mind. I think there's a misconception in Christianity that peace is automatic. As a matter of fact, most of the blessings of God are not automatic in your life. I'll teach you this in the next couple of weeks about blessing, but blessings and and good things from God, they're not automatic. You don't get saved and then just stuff starts showing up in your life. Uh, you got to learn how to live at peace, the Bible says. you, you got to learn how to make peace, the Bible says. you got to learn how to be at peace, the Bible said. This is a verb that you have to do before you get peace. And, and let me pause here and say, I also think we have a misconception that if God is in it, I'll have a ton of peace. And we sort of make peace the barometer of, well, if this was God's will... I'd have peace about it. Well, if this was easy, I'd have peace. I understand, and I actually teach you to follow peace. If God's given you His peace, that that's how you follow, that you know God. But but it's not the only barometer of God's will. Let me give you an example. Jonah didn't have any peace whatsoever about going to Nineveh, but he was in God's will to go to Nineveh. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane did not have peace while he's praying to his father, sweating, Great drops of blood. There was no peace whatsoever. But he was following his father's will. Are you with me, everybody? Don't let how you feel about it determine whether it is the, the right thing for you. Your feelings lie to you. Your feelings lie to you. For instance, it's fall outside. It don't feel that way. Yeah, I saw something yesterday on the internet that said we don't have autumn. We have a hotum in. Texas. That's true. Your feelings lie to you. They don't tell you the truth. You don't need to wait on feeling. You got to learn how to make peace in your life. Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, not peace feelers, not peace keepers, not peace speakers. People who know how to make peace in every situation that they are in. If you're waiting to feel peace, you're going to be in turmoil most of your life. If you're waiting for peace to come knocking at your door after the divorce, you're going to wait for the next decade and still be in conflict in your life. If you're going to wait for peace to show up behind the doctor's report, you're going to have to wait a long time. Sometimes in your life, you're going to have to get up Put your britches on and make peace. Shout amen to them. How to learn how to make it. The world is in desperate need of peacemakers. Everybody's mad at everybody. You feel that these days? That Brandon and I were talking the other day. God is working on me. If there's one area of my life I have to continue to surrender to the Lord. There's a few of them. Number one is that I'm not tall enough to play for the Spurs. Number two is that I have road rage. Is there anybody else that would confess? We'll start a small group with us, but let's, let's do it on Zoom, because I don't want to meet you all <laughs> driving nowhere. I have road rage. I am confessing it out loud to you. And uh, there is absolutely no Holy Spirit on I-10. He has lifted His presence from Interstate 10, at least for the 5 or 10 miles that I drive every day. And there is actually a demonic stronghold on every exit ramp in Bernie, Texas. You don't have to like it, but it, I'm just telling you Bible truth. There's a devil that lives at every exit here. And uh, it aggravates me to try to try to get, get on and, and I can't get on. Or, or you don't move over. I'm from the south and if, you, if, if I'm merging on and you got nobody in the lane, get your tail to the left-hand lane. Or I'll push you over there in Jesus' name. If I let you in traffic, I'm expecting a Holy Ghost wave. Not a middle finger. I'm getting angry thinking about it. I'm still... I'm a work in progress, everybody. I'm, you you got to... But Brandon and I were talking the other day, and I said, i got to get a control on this for a lot of reasons. Number one, I don't want to go to hell. But the other reason... I got to get a control on this is people are angry these days. You could make the wrong person mad and they pull a gun. You don't have a clue what's happening in the car next. Are you with me, everybody? There's just an anger. People are mad. There's we are in desperate need of peacemakers. There are conflicts between spouses and families and schools and financial conflict and racial conflict and political conflict and parents and kids and friends and this is just an angry time in our culture and Jesus said this would happen to us matter of fact it said in the last days Matthew 24 and 10 it said in the last days there would be many that will be offended well that sounds like us doesn't it Many will be offended, and many will betray one another, and many will hate one another. This is the way the world is moving. And my brothers and sisters, in the last days, that spirit's coming after us. It's coming after us. There is a concerted effort to make you mad, to get you offended, to get you upset at everybody. I'm upset at this church I don't like the people there. I'm upset at this school. I don't like the teacher. I'm upset at this government. I don't like this president. I'm upset at this city. I don't like my mayor. I'm upset at this traffic. That one's okay. I don't like... Write this in your notes. Offense is a trap. Offense is a trap. As a matter of fact, the Greek word... For offended in Matthew twenty four and ten, many will be offended. The Greek word is scandalizo. It's the word we get scandalous from, and it literally translated, and in most Greek, it's translated trap. It's a snare. It literally it this trap means that you would trap an animal. Any country boys in, in where y'all at in this? So you, your hats are underneath the deal. I know you're there. This is where you set a trap for, for an animal. Now, if you're in animal rights, you, let's close your ears for just a moment. You set a trap and you don't kill it. It just traps it. It, it traps it there. there uh, the animal most of the time is alive. It, it, didn't, it didn't kill it. It didn't snap its neck. It just trapped it inside of this snare. And that's the word, listen, for offended. That you're alive, but you're stuck. In the offense, trapped. Trapped in the offense. Many people live this way in their mind that offense keeps you in the moment where something bad went wrong and you cannot move on from it. And you say things like, I can't get past it. I just can't let this go. I just can't move on from this. Your body's in 2023, but your mind's in 2013 when the offense happened. Your life is still moving forward, but your mind isn't. You're back in the event. You're back at the meeting. You're back at the conversation. You are trapped in time at that offense that holds you there. Your marriage may be in church today... But the offense has you trapped in the last fight you had with your spouse. And you keep going back to, yeah, but I didn't heal from that. Yeah, but I can't believe you said that. Yeah, but I can't believe we're still dealing with this. Yeah, I know I said I forgave you, but I can't believe you did it to me. And you're stuck in this trap of offense. And some people in church today are dealing with deep-seated conflict. And offense, and listen to me, with all the love I can give you, it is destroying your life. And you have to know it is robbing you of your peace because offense is a trap. It's a trap. And you're stuck in the trap. And you're watching life move on. And time marches on, but you don't. And marriage seems to move forward. The kids are growing up, but there's a trap that has you. And it's offense. Offense is a trap. Second thing you need to know is offense is a moment. But offended is a choice. Offense is a moment. You can't avoid having offense come your way. Somebody saying something. Somebody doing something. Somebody doing something, a, a, an unmet expectation. They didn't mean it. Or, or maybe they did mean it. And, and, and it's terrible and it hurt. And, you, and there was offense that came into your life. But offense is a moment. Living offended is a choice, everybody. At some point, you've got to decide, I'm choosing to hold on to this. And that's okay. You can choose to hold on to it and still go to heaven. But you're going to rob your life of peace. There is no peace in your life. You have unresolved conflict. And unresolved conflict in your life, it does three things to you. You've got to write really fast because I've got to get somewhere and I'm hurrying and I'm preaching as fast as I can. Number one, unresolved conflict. It blocks my fellowship with God. Write this in your note if you're taking notes. If you're not taking notes, write it down anyway. It it blocks my fellowship with God. Did you know that? Did you know? You ready for this one? This one's going to hurt. Are you buckled up? You can't be right with God and wrong with other people. Thank you to that one brother back there. You cannot be right with God and wrong with other people. It blocks the fellowship you have with God. Unresolved conflict blocks fellowship with God. I'll I'll prove it to you. You come to church and your hands are raised, but your mind's over there looking at them going, what are they doing? I cannot believe she wore that to church. I have never seen somebody like them in my life. Look at them over there. I cannot... mm, I'm gonna see a victory. <laughs> Wish you'd die over there, you old. Blocks my fellowship with God. Number two, you you don't have to believe this, but it's in your Bible. It actually blocks your prayers from being answered. Unresolved conflict it blocks prayer from being answered. You, you can pray your face off, and if you don't make things right with your brother, God will not answer your prayer. I, I'll show it to you in God's Word. Now, this is about marriage, but it's a principle. Don't get locked up into this. First Peter 3 and 7 says this, In the same way, you husbands ought to give honor to your wives. Treat your wives with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she's your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should, or What happens? God doesn't answer your prayers. You ever read that? Some of y'all are like, I didn't even know that was in there. Where is Peter? What is this? This is a different kind of Bible. What are you reading? You mean I got to treat my woman good or God doesn't? Oh, Jesus, where is this? I'm rethinking everything. Not just about husbands and wives. If you don't treat others with honor, if you have unresolved conflict, God, it hinders your prayers. God will not continually answer your prayers if you can't handle conflict and learn how to make peace in your life. God will not do for you what you can do for yourself. God will not do for you what you can do. It will hinder your prayer. You're praying, God... Move them out of my life. And God's going, nope, go make it right. Go make it right. Go make it right. It blocks my prayers from being answered. Here's the third thing unresolved conflict does. It blocks my happiness and my peace. It blocks my happiness and my peace. No amount of success or money or opportunity or position, listen to me, is worth your peace. Can I get a better amen in God's house? Nothing's worth it. Pastor, you don't know though I can move up. It, it, is it going to rob you of your peace? Say no. But, but Pastor, I can, I, it, I, I can get does it take away happiness and joy and peace in your life? Say no. There, there's more to this life than what you see in your bank account, what you see on your business card. You've got an l- unresolved conflict keeps you in a consistent state of worry and stress. And anxiousness, and you got a mind that needs to change because I got unresolved conflict all around me, and I haven't learned how to make peace in my life. Say amen to that. You, I'm I'm wrapping this whole series up with a bow on the top to tell you, blessed are the peacemakers. Learn. How to be a per in a world gone crazy with anger and offense and hurt and church hurt. Let me just I'm gonna preach in first service. I got my good mic back and I'm gonna preach. There is no such thing as church hurt. Churches can't hurt anybody. People hurt people. Churches don't hurt people. Pastors may. Other deacons may, people in the church may, people you serve with may, small group leaders may, but churches can't hurt you, people can hurt you, just like there's no such thing as grocery store hurt. First of all, H-E-B can do no wrong, it's spirit filled. But if you have one bad cashier, it doesn't mean you go, I'm done with grocery stores. Done with them. As a matter of fact, Mister Butts himself has let me down. Oh, I'm just gonna pick a different cashier, go to a different church, go to a different place. Listen, it doesn't mean that you've been hurt beyond repair. You're gonna to have to learn how to make peace in your life. You're gonna to have to learn. Listen to me. If you look behind you and it's always a trail of destruction, you may be the tornado. It can't, I am. It can't always be them. It can't always be that boss, that church, that pastor, that team member, those people, that marriage, that relationship. At some point, you got to look in the mirror and go, partner, it's you. You can't, you don't know how to make peace in your life. So, I want to teach you how to make peace in your mind. I I refuse. After this series, I refuse to give anybody else control of my mind. I'm not going to let you live rent-free in my head. I'm not going to let offense keep me from all God has for me. I'm not gonna let bitterness get a hold of my heart. I'm not gonna let negativity stick in my mind. Is anybody else with me on this? I, we're gonna be, a, we're, listen, we're gonna be warriors of positivity and joy and peace in this world. You wanna be countercultural? That's the kind of people you'd be. Show up to the office full of joy, making peace, bringing joy with you, bringing peace everywhere you go. I wanna teach you how to make peace in your life. Number one, Peacemakers make the first move. They make the first move. Peacemakers make the first move. Not me. It's their fault. They owe me an apology. If, they, if they'll apologize, then I'll apologize. If they'll come to me first, then I'll, then I'll do it. But they got to change. I can't, I can't be around them. I can't do. I cannot go to one more Thanksgiving and have to hear that drunk uncle. I'm not doing it no more. They got to call me. My in-laws got to call me first. I, my mother-in-law. She got to call me and apologize for all the stuff she said. I ain't doing it. I ain't going back. We are not going back. We are not doing that way. I listen to me. This uh, this office. It is, we'll just stay cold. I don't care. We just won't talk to one another. I don't care. I'm quiet. I like it quiet. I will, I just, I'm not, he owes me an apology. She owes me an apology. Listen to me. You can be right or you can live at peace. Sometimes you can't have both. And you're so worried about being right that you have no peace. And peacemakers go first. Peacemakers decide I'm going to make a move, not an excuse. I'm going to make a move and not an excuse. I'm just going to decide. If I want peace, I'm going to have to do what? Make peace. I'm going to have to make peace. If I want peace in this home, I'm going to have to make it in this home. If I want peace in this office, I'm going to have to make peace in this office. I'm going to have to turn my chair around. I'm going to have to walk in their office. I'm going to have to smile. I'm going to have to bring them coffee and not even poison it. I'm going to have to make the first move. You make the first move because you want to make peace. Jesus said that making peace was more important than worship. Listen to me. It's more important than worship. Listen to me. Look into my eyes. It is more important than what you do for God. Now some of y'all, you don't have that theology. That's okay. You can be wrong. Because making peace is more important than worship to God. You think what you do for God excuses the nasty spirit you got and the bitterness in your heart, and the hatred against your son, and the stuff you can't solve in your family, and the, and, 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 the, and the offense you hold against your mother-in-law. But Jesus said in Matthew 5, 23, Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar, and it comes to your mind that your brother or sister has something against you, watch this, they have something against you. They did the wrong thing. They're the ones with the problem. And if you're coming to the altar and you have an offering, you're worshiping God, and it comes to your mind that they have something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar and first go and be reconciled to them. Then come offer your gift to the Lord. Look at me. Peacemaking is more important to God than your offering. It's more important to God than... Raising your hands than, 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 than singing loud. It's more important than what you serve. You can't, listen, you can't give enough, overcome enough, do enough that will make peace in your life. You're going to have to deal with the conflict of your life. Shout amen to them. You say, well, pastor, I'm just letting time go by. Time, time will heal all wounds. Look at me. Time doesn't heal anything. Time doesn't have the ability to heal anything. Time doesn't heal anything. If time healed all wounds, you don't actually have to go into the doctor. You just sit in the waiting room and let time do all the work. Right? Which feels like you do, if you know what I mean. You, by the time you can see the doctor, you're like, honestly, man, I'm over the cough. I was coughing real bad back there, but I'm good now. <laughs> you just hang out. It, the only way to resolve conflict in your life is to face it. It's to decide, I'm going to make peace with this. We're afraid. We're afraid. Listen to me. We're afraid to be vulnerable. We're afraid to be exposed. Fear makes you defensive. Fear makes you demanding. Fear makes you distant. You start thinking, I don't know. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to talk to her. I don't want to handle this situation. I don't want to because de- I'm vulnerable and I'm defensive and it's their fault anyway. And they owe me an apology. But, but, but peacemakers go first. Peacemakers decide, I'm going to make the first move in my life. I'm going to pick the phone up. How do you do that? How do you make the first move? I'll teach you just one quick thing. Begin with what, what I did do. Begin with what is my fault. You say, well, nothing. Well, that's not what Romans 12 says. Romans 12 says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on who? Me. As far as it depends on Me. I don't start with accusations. I don't start with here's what you did wrong. Here's why I'm so offended at you. I've got something wrong with all of you people and I decided I'd come in here and tell you and air all of my grievances about everything you've done wrong. The conflict may be 99.999% their fault, but you can find something to confess and begin with, hey, I haven't handled this right. Hey, my response hasn't been right. My defensiveness hasn't been right. Let me teach you what that is. It's maturity. It's growing up in God. Immature Christians live their lives in conflict and defense. Always offended at everybody. But maturity says, i got to make peace in here. Not blaming. We live in a culture of blame. We blame everybody. I call it the Oprah effect. A couple of years ago, you got to go on Oprah and just blame everybody for all your problems, you know. I don't know. Does Oprah have guests anymore? I don't know that Oprah does. I, I don't watch Oprah anymore, but... You get to go in there and blame everybody. It's my mom's fault, honestly. My mom, it's her fault. She wasn't a good mom. She made me eat things I didn't like. It's my dad's fault. He's mean to me. Made me get a job at 16. I had to buy my own car. Y'all believe that? My boss, it's my boss's fault. If my boss knew what was really going on, then we just blame. We blame the coach. I'm going to look straight down here in my notes. We blame the coach. You know, you're just not giving my kid any play time. You, forget the fact your kid's 30 pounds overweight and can't run. It's the coach's fault. We blame other kids. You know, my kid wasn't bad until he started hanging out with your kid. My kid was fine till he started hanging out with all y'all little bad kids. And we, we, I know it's tight, but listen, we, we live in this culture of blame. What if peacemakers decided to go, no, 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 it's me. I'm the problem, it's me. It's me. Start with, hey, here's what I did. Fix the problem, don't fix the blame. Fix the problem, not the blame. Fix the problem, not the blame. And when you do that, the Bible says, you will heap burning coals on their head. Here's what that literally means. It means your act of kindness, And peacemaking actually brings shame and causes them. You you know how to break down the defensiveness of somebody else when you walk in and not say, here's what you did, and here's why I'm mad, and here's how you hurt me, and here's everything you did wrong. If you walk in going, hey man, it's me. I got an issue, and I'm sorry, and I got problems. You heap burning coals on their head, and before they know it, they're forgiving you and asking for forgiveness, and, and all the while you're thinking, that's right, Joker, that's exactly right. You heap burning coals on their heads. You actually bring awareness. God will use you to help them see their part in the conflict, but it starts with you. Say amen to that. I'm going to give you the second thing, and then I'm going to hold back the best thing because I'm running out of time. I got five points, but I don't have time to preach them to you. Peacemakers, focus on, write this in your notes, peacemakers, focus on reconciliation, not resolution. I think this will help you. I want to help you. I want to teach you this. Peacemakers will focus on reconciliation, not resolution. Not resolution. Romans 12 and 19 in the message says, Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I will take care of it. We want resolution. And by resolution we mean, I want them to pay. I want revenge. I want them to take... I want them to feel what I have felt. That is not your job as a peacemaker. If you keep thinking, I want them to hurt, I want them to suffer, I want them to lose their job, I want them to know how bad it is, I want them to hurt like I hurt, you can never move into peace in your life. You are not seeking resolution. You are seeking reconciliation. Reconciliation is a reestablishment of this relationship. Listen to me. If you have an ex, let me just give you practical. If you have an ex in, the, in, in, in your life, it doesn't mean you get back together. You probably should have left him if he cheated, if he's abusive, if she walked out on you. I'm not telling you you get back together, but I am telling you you don't have to keep fighting and talking about each other the way you have been. Why? because I'm trying to res- I'm making peace in this life. And we got to raise a kid together and I'm trying my best to be the peacemaker here in this life. I'm not waiting on peace to show up into my mind. I'm going to make peace in this situation. Are you with me everybody? I'm going to make peace here. Resolution says we resolve everything. Everything's tidied up. Listen to me. Everything's come together. We got every disagreement. He, he admitted he was wrong. He, he took ownership for it all. And then we resolve it. It is never going to happen. There are some things you are never going to agree on. You have to get past the fact that you don't like some people. And some folk don't like you. Is this helping you, anybody? I feel like I should have had cookies again. Go get cookies, Sam. <laughs> you can have unity without uniformity. Everybody don't have to look like you, think like you, be like you for you to be in unity with everybody. You can disagree without being disagreeable. I'm just teaching you how to live your life as a peacemaker. Now, you can live in turmoil and your gut's all messed up and always anxious and wound up as tight as Dick's hat band. I don't even know what that means. But you can just, wound, just as wound up as you want to be. You can always be anxious and have tears right at the corner of your eyes all the time. Or you can just decide, I'm going to let this go. I'm going to have peace in my life. I'm going to have peace in my life. You can walk hand in hand even if you don't see eye to eye. You can walk hand in hand even if you don't see eye to eye. Here's the truth. And I'm almost done. Forgiveness happens by faith. Forgiveness happens by faith. Write that in your notes. Forgiveness happens by faith. You've got to have faith that God's going to answer the score. Now here's the hardest part of reconciliation. Here's the hardest part. Of changing your mind. Here's the hardest part. Listen to me. Is you have to trust that God is going to settle the score. You have to trust that God keeps good score in your life. And that forgiveness is going to come. And forgiveness is going to happen. Not because I feel it. Not because they ask for it. But by faith. God is going to answer all things. And you can live your life waiting Or live your life living. And I've just decided in this series, I'm going to live my life living. I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to change how I feel about offense. I'm going to change how I feel about bitterness. I will not let bitterness creep into my heart. I'm going to change negativity in my life. just just the other day bad thing about being a preacher let me just let you in on 24 years of my life the bad thing about being a preacher is my wife reminds me of what I preached (laughs) so the other day when I was ranting and raving she said pastor oh y'all get after it like y'all ain't married to somebody (laughs) y'all got it figured out huh she said, You got to let that go. She's right. She's got to let it go. Let me tell you why. Thank you, Kevin. There's two types of people in this world. Two kinds of people. These are both balloons, if you didn't know that. This one's filled with. Listen to me. Watch this. It doesn't matter what you do. You can't keep it down. You can just knock it all you want to. You can just come against it all you want to. Thing just keeps flying up. Just keeps getting up. Just, I mean, you just hit it. It's hard. Just get after it. Use the anointed microphone you can't keep it down this one's filled with breath (laughs) yeah it don't matter look at it don't matter how much I try I can't keep it up and it's exhausting listen to me look at me don't look at them behind me look at me it's exhausting for people in your life to have to keep propping you up and you fall down and come around your feelings come around your mind try to make sure you're okay and walk on eggshells and it don't matter how much good gospel preaching you hear how much faith I put into you it doesn't matter what, how, how much you hear God's word it doesn't matter what anybody says You just, nobody can keep you up and it's got nothing to do with the attacks to the balloon same attacks Because, write this in your notes and then we'll pray. Peace around you comes from peace within you. That's silly, isn't it? I've used more illustrations in this series than I have in a year worth of preaching. Look at me. It matters what you're filled with. (laughs) And if you're filled with peace, all the attacks can come. All the bad stuff. Listen, you get bad news tomorrow. I'm filled with peace. You can't keep me down. I get Things don't go. I lose my job. That's okay. God's got something better. Things don't go right on the office. That's okay. God's got, you get bad news at the doctor. That's okay. God's my healer. You can't keep it down. There's other people. It don't matter what happens. You can't keep them up. And it's exhausting trying to keep you in the air. Because it matters what's on the inside. And peace on the inside of you will produce peace around you. Peace around you comes from peace on the inside of you. And I'm asking you today to change your mind. you got to decide on the inside of me, I'm going to let go of bitterness. Close your Bibles. We're going to pray. I'm going to let go of it. I'm letting go of all that stuff. I'm letting go of all this anger. I'm letting go of all this stuff. And I am going to be a person who changes my mind. This message is for you. Eyes are closed and heads are bowed. Would you just raise your hand and say, This is for me? I gotta find a way to make peace in my life. Hands up all over the house. Just like every other Sunday we've had this series, I gotta learn how to make peace in my life. So, Father, I just give you this need. I give it to you right now. And I pray, I pray, God, for peace. And God, I'm I'm gonna I've just decided I'm gonna start making peace. I'm going to be a peacemaker everywhere I am, everywhere I go, every situation, every circumstance. Every problem I have, God isn't going to take me under. I need peace on the inside for peace on the outside. Father, I just give you this bitterness. Come on, pray this whole series over your life. I give you negativity. Open your hands before the Lord. I give you all of that stuff. God, my thoughts are like trains. They take me somewhere. So I just give you every thought. I take it captive. I make it obedient to Christ. God, I thank you that I, I, don't, I, I may be prone to negativity, but I don't have to be a negative person. I'm going to let positive things into my life. I, I've decided it's not going to stick to me anymore. I'm going to clean my soul out. Father, I thank you that I'm bitterness is leaving my life. I'm not going to have a root of bitterness in my heart anymore. I'm, I'm chopping it down in my life. God, I'm going to be a peacemaker. I'm going to make peace in every area, in every situation. Peace on the inside produces peace on the outside. Now, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, that's where real peace starts. You can't have real peace in your life without a relationship with the Prince of Peace. So you need to pray a prayer that sounds like this, Lord Jesus, I give you my whole heart, my anger, my frustration, the bitterness, the hatred, the hatred, the justification, the need to be right, the feeling of offense, I give it to you, bitterness. I give you this lack of peace, this turmoil and anxiousness in my heart, in my mind. Save me today. Cleanse me. Change me. Be the Lord of my life today. Change my mind. Change my mind in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people shouted, amen. Amen. Do you receive the word of the Lord today over your heart? Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now.